No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. Welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. The song you just heard is Renegades of Funk by Rage Against the Machine, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, AJ Gregg. AJ is a graduate of Decorah High School, where he was a two-time state place winner. AJ didn't travel far for college as he competed for Luther College. After graduating from Luther College, AJ attended the University of Western States in Portland, Oregon, and became a chiropractor. So since then, AJ has helped train some elite athletes, including an Ironman world champion and other world and Olympic track athletes. AJ now lives in in Flagstaff, Arizona, and has his own practice with his brother, Wes. More information about AJ's practice, which is called Strong Strides, along with all his credentials can be found in the show notes. So with that being said, please sit back, relax, and enjoy Dr. AJ Gregg. What's AJ stand for? Andrew John. Andrew John. When did you start going by AJ? I've always been called AJ ever really? since I can remember. Yeah. Hmm. Do you like it or would you rather be called Andrew? Uh, I'm just really used to and comfortable with AJ. Uh, Andrew, Andrew doesn't, just doesn't seem familiar. <laughs> Does anybody call you Andrew? No, no, no one's ever called me Andrew. Not even yeah. your brother, like just to. Not even Wes. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to rile me up. <laughs> really? <laughs> Why does he know you'll? Uh, no. You'll you'll take him down. Uh, we haven't we haven't sparred since college. Uh, really? Actually, we've we've dinked, we've dinked around, but yeah, um, nothing too serious. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I wrestle with his little. With his what? Little boy. He's his, his son, my nephew. Nice. Teach him a few things or, or something. Yeah, I was playing. Fun. <laughs> it's always like... Get a, get a little physical. Yeah, it's always like... it's. I feel like it's just going to be in us forever. You know? Just to be like... You want to grab him and just kind of, you know, pummel a little bit or snap him a little. It's just always going to be there. We're going to be like 80 in the retirement, you know, home doing the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, just, Scratch, oh. scratches the itch. Yeah, yeah. Do you still have that itch every once in a while to just wrestle? You know, um, I jumped into some jujitsu um, classes. They have like all the mats and stuff, and I'll go in there and, and kind of dink around. Um, I recently started coaching a wrestler, and that's really? kind of like rejuvenated me into the sport a little bit. I had. Um, after, after I moved out of Iowa, I went to Portland, Oregon, and Roy Pittman, who was a, a coach, I think 1984, he's, he's on the Olympic team coaching staff. Um, he had a, it's kind of like a community center. He just, he grabbed kids off the street, give them, you know, 
uh, some direction. And uh, my brother and I, Wes and I volunteered there. And so we were, we were pretty consistent every week while we were in, in Portland um, helping out there. Um, they had five you know, stop signs out of that, out of that little um, community center um, in the years that I was there. Uh, so moved to Flagstaff and then kind of got disconnected. Worlds went to Vegas. We went out and saw that. Other than that, just kind of, I mostly watch uh, Olympic wrestling. Really? I haven't followed a lot of, um, a little bit of collegiate wrestling here and there, but I really like watching freestyle and Greco. Yeah. What about, what about high school? Do you watch, you know, do you keep in touch with like Decor and how they're doing? I haven't. No, I'm not, I'm not familiar. I've kind of been in my silo. So yeah. <laughs> just kind of doing my thing, but, um, but yeah, I, I got the opportunity. Well, I mean, I, I had a, I had a, he's actually going to Nebraska. Um, he's, he's up at Lincoln. So, Kid from Flagstaff. No kidding. So, Who's that? Uh, Cooper French. Okay. Is he is he uh, going to be an incoming freshman? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. I thought so because I didn't see him. <clears throat> I've been covering the team, not covering. I broadcasted the team the last couple of years, and so um, I, I I I didn't recognize that name. So, but yeah, cool. That'll be fun. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's been good. <laughs> Um, gives me well, some variety from, from the normal day to day. Yeah. What about yourself? You know, let's back, back the train up a little bit and go, you know, AJ. So, um, did you live in Decorah like your whole life? Uh, we grew up, wasn't, I grew up on a farm. Um, we actually had a PO box in Minnesota. So we were pretty close to the, uh, Northern border. Um, oh, and then we moved box? to the, a PO box in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. We live in Iowa, but. Yeah, PL box, like really, really. Yeah, yeah. So we were just a few miles from Minnesota border. So the closest post office was in Minnesota. So grew up with Minnesota address. Um, moved in, moved to Decora when I was in fifth grade, um, and then got into wrestling when I was in seventh, seventh grade. Really? So that's. Did you, so like at the beginning, did you where'd you go to school at before moving to Decora in fifth grade? Did you like just up and move? or were you always going to that school district we were always going to that school district yeah it was 40 minute bus drive right into town hey that's kind of a long bus ride honestly Mm -hmm. like i i was privileged you know i lived right down the street from the school so it was a walk like a five minute walk you know i could throw a rock and hit the school so 40 minutes um did you and west like did west start wrestling earlier or what even made you guys get into wrestling uh, West started wrestling, I think, in seventh or eighth grade as well. Um, I, I got into wrestling mostly because I grew up pretty small, uh, kind of a nerd, and uh, needed some defense. So yeah. that, that, that that was my motivation, started yeah. lifting and, and, and learn wrestling. And I, I had grown up with um, also with a breathing problem. Um, and so the, the technique of wrestling was really appealing to me. Um, I did not have a gas tank. So... Uh. I was going to ask, that's an interesting combination there to have, uh, you know, struggle with a little bit breathing and then have a sport as intense as wrestling, you know? Yep. Yep. How's that? challenging. Yeah, I was going to say, how'd you kind of handle that or what, how did that go and how'd you adjust? You know, I mean, you don't know what you don't know, you know, looking back. um, Probably one of the best coaches I ever had was when I, when I first got into high school wrestling, um, Roger Williams, um, 
Jeff Friedoff was, you know, came in, came in after him mm-hmm. and he, he really played to my strengths and I felt that was a big asset. And then I, I, um, the kind of Iowa style of you got to be conditioned and grind. I, I don't think played to my strengths, but <laughs> So what were your strengths then? It sounds like just from this little snippet, your strengths were more tactical and observant and being able to sort of just have a feel for the sport rather than, like you said, rather than the pound and intensity, excuse me, of it. Yeah, I I look at wrestling kind of as a knowledge-based sport. I think there's certain hardware that you need to be able to get in positions and control your opponent. And outside of that, it's... It's muscle memory sometimes. Otherwise, it's just having good position and and being ready. Yeah. So how did the, you know, you how did it, you go? Or excuse me, how was the beginning of your career? You know, were you were you good? Were you bad? Were you middle of the road? I think I went into my freshman year a little bit better than five hundred mm-hmm. um, on junior varsity. Um, then my sophomore year maybe a little bit better than that. Um, and then I remember taking summer wrestling pretty seriously. And then that's when I, um, yeah, was it up my win percentage a little bit. And yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's when it wasn't, yeah. Until about my junior year when I really started to feel solid in my technique and what I was doing and, and then have control. Yeah. What made you stay out for the sport? Did you just, was it just something you love to do? It was, yeah. It, it was um, something that was incredibly joyful to be immersed in uh, and study. Um, on my team, I was I was labeled dictionary because right. I was studying film and I had all these old, I'd travel in the summer and I'd come across, I remember Brandon Mason's dad, um, we had wrestled in the semis and he had come up to me and had a conversation. He ended up sending me like, four DVDs to this really old Russian wrestlers. And mm-hmm. I, I just like ate it all up and studied the technique. And yeah, I was totally a junkie uh, as, it, as it came to all those aspects. Nice. So you wrestled Brandon Mason in the, in the semis of which year? Uh, my junior state semifinals. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I have the brackets here. Oh, he okay. technically it was, it was brutal. Oh, nice. Three. Yeah. yeah. He up. He he showed me a whole new level of physicality. That that was certainly a level up after wrestling him. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was uh and then the next year Mason wrestled your teammate, Hansen, in the finals. He did, yes. Just something about him beating them to Cora boys, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he was on a whole other level, man. He was. But um yeah, well, so you got fifth both years, you know, losing in the semifinals both years and you bounce back. And what, what what was it about that consolation semifinals match, you know, that just maybe you couldn't get over the hump? Oh, if I remember, if I, I don't even know who I wrestled. Could you tell me who I wrestled? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So let's see. We'll go back in time. I don't here. know. Probably the elements of... It's of, tough. Um, that's challenging. Yeah, you want to feel sorry for yourself? Um, there's, I, I think, I think those on the backside, I definitely just had more freedom and I, I think it was 
fun definitely became the object, objective in wrestling. There's there's times when wrestling was not not fun, and I just had to make it what it was to me, so that, so yeah. that I could have joy in the sport. And um, that can be, yeah, in contrast to how some other people dedicate themselves to it. Yeah. Um, so your your junior year. Uh, you wrestled on the backside, Marcus Schneider from Fort Madison, who actually uh, lost yeah. the first round. He lost to Brandon Mason in the first round and came back and won uh, one, two, three, four, five matches in a row to get third. Probably one of the toughest things to do, I think, is lose first round and come back and get third, but he did it. And then Ryan, Ryan Yeager from West Delaware, Manchester. Your yep. senior year. Yep, I remember both of those names. Yeah, I want to ask you. I think I, I now remember both of those matches fairly yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, I want to ask you about how you made it fun. You said at one point it, it wasn't fun. So how did you start to make it fun? I, I think elements of that was just being authentic to my style and, and how I like to wrestle. And um, it's kind of the same thing, trying to play to my strengths. Um, and... I, there are elements of wrestling where it became a, a big part of my identity and that didn't allow for a lot of balance in my life. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Not balance, not a lot of balance in your life. It, it, that was my sole focus was and, and needed to kind of, yeah, kind of expand out of that a little bit. How'd you, how'd you come to terms with that or how'd you figure that out? Cause I think that could be difficult for a lot of wrestlers and just athletes in general. They just focus or they feel so put in a box because that's all they do. And that's all they think about. And so how did you kind of break out of that and figure you needed a little more, you know, you need to round yourself out a bit. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of success in, in that, in that um, former method you know, for, for sure. Um, for, for me, it was, um, about working on other aspects of myself and, um, being able to, um, have control of other aspects of my life. So wrestling wasn't something that went by, went by the wayside. It was, it was just complimented, I guess, as I developed myself more, more as a, as a person. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt that that made wrestling more fun and enjoyable, more, you know, just good time being around everyone else too, and not taking it. So personally, maybe my self-worth is on the line if I don't win or something like that. And that, that wasn't that wasn't healthy. Yes, I, I feel that. Um, and I'm sure a lot of wrestlers, current, former coaches that are listening will feel that too, that if you lose, it's okay. <laughs> you know, it just means you got to go back to work and, and, and get better or whatever. But it's, yeah, your self-worth is not less because you lost a wrestling match and i feel i at times coupled them together you know that if i lose i like i'm i was almost embarrassed you know because you're out there by yourself and everyone's watching you and you lose and you just feel like i don't know i just felt like less of a person less of a man you know yeah you don't want to let your team down you want your family down your, your hometown down like all of it but i think you carry a lot of weight on our shoulders in, in regards to the responsibility and the, the effort we'd like to put out for the people that yeah. support us. Yeah. And especially, I also feel, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, 
you said that you quote were you know you were a little kind of a nerd and you saw wrestling as more of an art back in the early 2000s you know wrestling it's more seen like that now you know but back then it was something where it was intense and sort of you wanted to grind it and just beat down your your partner or your opponent so i felt like maybe you were sort of on a different page than everybody else you know does that maybe. sound right <laughs> i I, I definitely think that my strengths were were um, in in a, in a different state, maybe a more technical state. I don't I don't want that. It's not that yeah. I wasn't technical. They're they're solid, but um, but I had a different style. I was watching guys from New York and Pennsylvania, and I was trying to crab ride and throw legs in, and <laughs> and so that's that's a little bit of uh, you know outside of the bell curve in Iowa. So yeah, at least yeah. when at least when I was there, I'm not familiar anymore. Um, so, you know, those, those aspects of, um, yeah, this being a student of the sport and I, uh, what I do right now is, uh, basically, uh, in, in my day-to-day job is movement. So, um, it kind of has rolled itself up the, the skills, um, of body awareness and position, um, have all you know, translated to my day-to-day right now. Yeah. And, you know, um, We'll get into that because I think what you do is fascinating now. Um, but so after wrestling or after high school, you went into you went to Luther, you know, Luther College in Decorah. Um, what made you go to Luther right in your hometown? It's a great question. Luther is closer um, to my house than than uh, uh, the high school. So I could throw a baseball from my house and hit, hit Luther College. So, um and I and I thought I was um, gonna go explore a little bit more, but uh, it was a really great um, team environment. Um, they were uh, an incredibly talented team. Um, some of the upperclassmen were incredible mentors. Uh, still friends with them to this day. And um, yeah, I, I love I love what the program had at that time. Um, I was really happy with the educational standards, and ended up being much more like a bubble than feeling feeling like I was at home. Mm-hmm. Nice. I was going to that. Okay. How'd you make it feel more like a bubble if you were literally, you know, a baseball throw away from your house? I didn't go home. <laughs> I bet your mom and dad weren't too happy about that. If you were just down the street and didn't go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had, I had a good, I had a good experience. It was it, that, that felt balanced. It, it didn't feel smothered or anything like mm-hmm. that. Uh, I, I hardly felt that I was in decor sometimes. So really, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of uh, got invested in the culture and, and and made some really great friends. And there there was just always something to do. The 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 the, the team, the community was was always engaged. Always doing some. One's always doing something together. Um, and and that and that was really that was really bonding. Yeah. So now I'm curious, what, what did you do? Like extracurriculars, were you like a part of dodgeball teams or softball teams or flag football or what, like, what, what'd you do, you know, or what'd your team do for like bonding and stuff? Um, I didn't have any extracurriculars that I did individually. Um, but yeah, the team would be active. Um, there was definitely beach volleyball. We were really big. There's a lot of biking. There's some really good mountain biking yeah. trails around Flagstaff or sorry, around Decorah. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
there's great, great writing in Flagstaff. That's why I moved <laughs> here. But uh, um, I got introduced to that um, by the assistant coach, Jeff O'Gara. Now uh, he was really into mountain biking and, and that, yeah, that's, I continue to uh, engage in that. So yeah. um, I'd say, I'd say those are kind of those two things. Um, we played a lot of poker. I don't know, just, <laughs> there, there was something to getting in trouble. That was a big thing. <laughs> so. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, yeah. You just need a bunch of wrestling together. We tend to get a little rowdy and yeah, into a little bit of nothing, nothing crazy or anything, but you know, you just kind of push the envelope a little bit. <laughs> we have, we have a different normal. Yes. Um, was, was Mitchell the coach at that time? Yes. Yes. Okay. I forgot when he took over the program, but yeah. And, you know, I guess I was going to say that too, you know, wrestling for somebody like that, it's can make it an easier decision too to stay a little closer to home. If you have somebody like that to, to lead a program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He, he really cares for the program. He really cares for the kids. Yeah. And so you wrestled there um, throughout your career. Well, how was your college career? My college career, um, my freshman, I had my freshman year, I had the most fun. I had a lot of fun. Um, the upperclassmen, um, I really got along with. They they were talented. I wrestled a lot with Garrett South. Garrett Garrett South um, refused to warm up. He, he, I think the adage was, "You don't warm up in a street fight." And he he was this this guy's uh, this guy's a he's. He's brilliant, tactical, um, very, very slick. And um, yeah, and, and, and again, very, very well-rounded person. I think he won the Rhodes Scholar. Um, wow. So yeah, very yeah, impressive. Um, I hope I'm not wrong on that. If he didn't, he earns it. Uh, and, <laughs> he should have. Dang it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I, I was like freshman of the year in the conference, something like that. And then... My my sophomore year, um, I ended up losing. Gosh, again, I think in the fifth uh, in the constellation semis to, to go to go to nationals. Um, my junior year was kind of a rut. I ended up quitting. Um, struggled with motivation and um, yeah, just kind of lost lost some joy in the sport. And then I came back my senior year, had a lot of fun. Had a really good time with everyone and just kind of accepted that, you know, I was going to go out there and give as much effort as I could, but, uh, but I, but I, at the same time was a little more detached to, to the, to the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when, so my dad told me a story about this guy named Ray Brinzer from Iowa. Um, he said that too, you don't warm up for a street fight. So he never warmed up either. Ray Brinson. Mm-hmm. And when he said that to me, I started to do that too in high school. So I never really warmed up, which come to find out now, you know, 13 years later, since I graduated, it takes a special kind of athlete or special kind of person to be able to do, to do that and excel. I was not one of them. <laughs> I should have been warming up, <laughs> but that's funny that you just say that. Um, uh, so I won't. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> did you warm up then? Were you a warm warm up person? I was. A, I was a rebel. Yeah. I, there certainly is a lot of benefit to warming up, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So that's interesting. You know, you quit your junior year. 
um, and you lost motivation, especially at the college level, that it, it can be a grind. And, you know, um, in high school, it's a little, a little more laid back, you know, you're, you're there to sort of just have, you know, have fun and compete, of course. But um, in college, you really, it really jumps a couple levels. So I can understand why maybe, you know, that grind and that love kind of fell, fell apart for you a little bit. Um, so yeah, what kind of just walk me through, if you recall what kind of happened that junior year. Well, that's challenging because I, I put a lot of weight on my shoulders um, for my team. Um, and at the same time was, uh, was really not healthy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was definitely some self-sabotage, but, but there at the same time, just wasn't the, I guess the heart that I had. Um, the, I, one of the things, um, I remember a few guys doing this. They, they text each other, you know, what did you do today? Just did a hundred pushups. What did you do today? Just did a hundred pull-ups and just constantly. And, and I loved it. And then, and then there was a point where I was just like, I can't keep up with this. And, um, that that's a, not in that little bit, but you know, uh, on a whole, um, and that, that was painful to, to, to have to, you know, make that decision for myself at the same time, kind of, um, yeah, make, making it potentially more challenging for those around me. I don't know. Yeah. So what? Very, it was one of the most emotional experiences of my life. I, I, I had um, wrestled a kid from UW Lacrosse. I'm blanking on his name, but he won a couple national titles. Um, and we had wrestled pretty close, maybe an overtime match at, at Midlands the year before. And then my my junior home meet at Decorah, um, at Luther and he attacked me just absolutely maybe in first period just destroyed me um and yeah that really shook me and and that was really like you know I I slid somewhere that I didn't want to be and I had to I had to really figure out how I could get centered how did you so a lot of times you know wrestlers and athletes I'm going to say probably in general think about or, you know, about quitting their sport, you know, it, it comes in, they deal with it. It goes on. What made you think, you know, I quit my senior year, you know, so I understand how difficult a decision it is to finally come to terms and be like, this is the best option. Like quitting is like the last resort, you know, like you almost try everything else before you quit. And so what made you come to terms that that was the best thing to do was to step away from the sport momentary you know for a little bit because you went back out your senior so i don't want to say you just like quit entirely you know you, you it just sounds like you needed you just needed to step away really yeah you can't ever really quit wrestling can you um exactly <laughs> yeah it, it the, there wasn't fun i it wasn't i wasn't i wasn't having fun and um i think that's necessary to compete at the highest level you, you have to be able to play you have to be able to have fun you have to be able to have joy in it and um that just wasn't that wasn't there for me e- even yeah the the hard stuff which used to be stuff i loved was no longer something that i enjoyed doing so that i guess that dedication and determination kind of fell along with it mm-hmm. yeah and i you know i think it's silly you know, fun 
you know, you're supposed to have fun when you're a kid, you know, like, you know, that's when the fun is, you know, when you get older and you get more intense or more invested in it, um, you, you sort of lose that and you don't like, it's not one, it doesn't seem like it's one of the top priorities to have fun. But if you look at everything in life, whether you're a chiropractor or whether you're a wrestler, um, if you want to be really good, you need to have fun with it. You know, if you, if you weren't like, do you have fun being a chiropractor? Uh, yeah, I have a blast. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't have fun, you probably wouldn't be very good, you know, but uh, sorry, I'll get off my soapbox, but I just, I think that is very critical at all aspects of wrestling. No matter if you're five or you're 23, you need to be having fun in order to, to, to be good or, you know, so. Yeah, this this isn't. I don't know the difference between work and play with this. So <laughs> I feel very grateful for where I'm at. Yeah. Um, uh, did you know you wanted to be a chiropractor? Because Luther does have very good academics and a very strong science program. Um, I think that's one of their strongest programs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I had a couple friends go there. One of them's a doctor now. Um, she went to med school, but she went there for the science. So. You know, did you, when did you realize that chiropractor, you know, school, excuse me, was going to be an option for you or that's what you wanted to do? Probably at the same time that junior year when I, when I really had to reflect, um, I was a computer science major before that. Um, really? I still am a nerd. Uh, and, yeah. and, and then, yeah, and then I, and then I really went into the, into being a chiropractor because I, I had an experience, um, meet another chiropractor. And, but yeah, I just really liked, I like the lifestyle. I like being able to serve people. Computer science, uh, it doesn't really cross over well <laughs> to, to being a chiropractor, does it? Or how was that transition for, because what'd you major in then if you were computer science? Then? Well, I ended up, I ended up finishing with a, um, a bachelor's in um, human biology, uh, health management um, okay. bachelor's. So I had those so did, two did that so did that cross over pretty well then computer science to human biology it doesn't sound like it would i my how i look at what i do today is identifying and correcting errors and in deducing the, the reason behind that so the, mm -hmm. the that's definitely my asset my my skill set and so the 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 abstract thinking the um yeah, the, the the mathematics was, is, I think, really important for my, um, for what I do today, be able to critically think. Interesting. That's an interesting way to look at it. I mean, it's perfect. It's right. You know, um, it's just that's kind of that's sort of like the outside of the box thinking, you know, that you I feel like you do just every day. That's just kind of who you are outside of the box thinker. So me. Yeah. I, yes, I, I have, I think, a different perspective on those things. I love it. Um, I love it because it just goes like it just goes to show that it, you can be who you are and still be great at wrestling. There's like wrestlers are not one type of person. You don't have to be one type of person to be good at wrestling. You can be, as you like to call yourself, a nerd. You know, you know what? Spencer Lee's kind of a nerd. He's a big Pokemon video game guru nerd. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. I played a lot of games in college. I caught a lot of crap for that. Yeah? Like, what'd you play? Yeah. I played World of Warcraft. No kidding. <laughs> That's like when it first came out. Yeah, yeah. One of the biggest games. I mean, World of Warcraft is an enormous game. I've never played it, but like, I know like a yeah. lot of you, obviously. It's really good. <laughs> Yeah, in that figuring myself out period, I put a lot of hours in that. I actually had a professional team. So there, you what? You run a professional was, team? I was running the professional team. What the heck? No kidding. Yeah. Well, jokes on them now because look, professional teams at this time, you know, at that time is much different than what it is now. Now you can make a living at it. Um, that's what I'm saying. But, jokes on them for making fun of you. I mean, shoot, esports are on the rise, baby. <laughs> they are. Yeah, I think four times as many people turned in to watch some of the esport championships in the Super Bowl. Like the numbers are insane internationally. Yeah. So yeah. man, you're, Anyways, you're, I, I had a lot of fun with that. It's kind of misunderstood. Um, mm-hmm. I have, yeah, good, good social experience on it. And, and again, that, that was kind of like leadership skills, um, problem solving that, that a lot of that tra- transferred. I, I got a lot of that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because it's not this intense, in your face manly if you will want to use that word sport doesn't mean that it doesn't take a certain level of knowledge and art to do it you know to be really good at it so and yeah no i'm not right beside you talking to you having a conversation i'm still talking to you though over the headset you know like that's where the like you said the social aspect no we're not right next to each other but you could still connect. Yeah. 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 Sounds like you were just born, you know, what, uh, 15 years too early? <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <I don't> know. <laughs> uh, so, um, so after, so once you graduated, you know, what was the next step in your life? Did you, you went and got your master's? Um, and that's, I think, when you sort of left your, you know, bubble, if you will, did you move out in the Western States? Is that where you got your master's? I got my doctorate and my master's at the University of uh, Western States in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Why, why Portland? You just like throw a dart and it landed in Portland. And you're like, okay, mom and dad. Or- oh, no. <laughs> you submit applications for all these chiropractic schools and then they start sending you their, their marketing material, their brochures. And um, on the front of Western States brochure is is Mount Hood, so like towering in the and, you know on the <laughs> as you as you look east. And I was like, that's where that's where I have to go. Like mm-hmm. that just that looked really awesome to kind of yeah experience all that. I love being outdoors, um, and so that that's sold it on. There was also a um, like twenty percent of the the population in that city commutes every morning on bikes. And so um, being introduced to biking um, when I was at Luther, just kind of was able to uh, carry that through and bike to school every single day. It was really good times. Mm-hmm. Did you, so did you even look at the packet? Did you just get the packet? It had Mount hood on the front. You're like sold done. Throw all the other ones in the trash. It, it, <laughs> more, I mean, that, that really, that, that really, um, that really did it, but they have the best board scores. It's, it's the top, it's the top school too. So is it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. So obviously, um, how, so then let me back up just a little bit. So 
to get into that, your academics must have been really, really strong. How did you, how were you able to keep up your academics while going through the rough periods of wrestling? Uh, my academics um, truly never came that hard to me. So I, that, that I kind of coasted there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, I mean, I went, I went to class when I had to, mm-hmm. I um, m- made sure I, um, at least at the bare minimum, um, I kind of see big picture uh, and that makes me feel comfortable and confident. Um, but it, it wasn't a huge, it wasn't until, until I was, was at grad school where I really, really started to be on my own and, and really commit myself to mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it is a little easier to commit yourself when it's something that you're really, truly and passionate about and something you really, truly love. You know, I mean, how many of us sit there our freshman year and those uh, core classes that you have to take and want to just, you know, would rather be anywhere else. <laughs> but once you start getting into your major and you're like, man, I love this, like school just becomes fun. <laughs> it just is easy, you know. Yeah, my, my senior year is, is when school became really fun. I think that's like when the liberal arts program really rounded itself out. Things started to make sense to me, and I started to kind of grow into who I am. And, um, yeah, that's that's when I really got a passion for, for learning and knowledge. Portland also seems like it suits you, you know, like with the biking, the outdoors, things of that nature, a lot of things to do. Um, it just seems like were you also able to just sort of grow and embrace yourself as a person moving out somewhere like that, where what you like to do was almost the social norm? Yeah. I got into rock climbing. Yeah, there's, I don't know how many rock climbers there in Iowa. Not, there's not any rocks in there, but uh, no, that, that community um, I, re- I really gravitated towards. Um, I definitely liked the being scared a little bit, um, being outside, um, and yeah, it, it, like very much a little a different culture. There's, there's culture shock uh, when you go there. It's, it's people are different. And, and I, and I really like that because there was, um, more freedom of expression and, um, yeah, allowed me to grow into what I wanted to be. I feel that, you know, um, I live in Omaha now. Um, population, I don't know if it's like 400 or 450, okay, 450,000. Um, there is a little, you know, um, I don't think it's quite as diverse as Portland, but there is some diversity, which makes it easier, a little easier to step outside your comfort zone a little bit and be a little more authentic, you know, um, because you have a little more, more people who are willing to accept that, you know, um, than a place you know, nothing against Luther and Decora. Great place. You know, I like it. I love it. I've been there many times, spent a lot of time there, but um, I could see how you might be restricted a little bit in that aspect. Yeah, now that's nothing to do, I think, with, with the place. I think that just has to do with me figuring things out and navigating. Interesting. I thought so Luther you- was a good experience. I thought, I thought there was a decent, I mean, it's, it's different than, way different than Portland, but it doesn't, it's not like it didn't give the opportunity. Um, it was about me finding the opportunity. Wow. So how did you find, how did you finally 
you're, you know, do it yourself. Be like, all right, I'm going to maybe just like dip a toe in the water and, and, and step outside my comfort zone a little bit. And then, you know, how did you find that in Portland? In Portland, I, I mean, I was anonymous for the most part. I mean, I was anonymous. And it was long, so uh, it's not like there, there was a black and white change, but yeah. that allowed me to structure my life and set it up and have the routines that I that I wanted to um, yeah, be responsible to what I was committing to. And and then uh, engaging in that, um, I really I had to figure out what I wanted to do. How I was going to serve people, how I was going to be happy. And uh, that brought me a lot of direction um, mm-hmm. in terms of this, this is, this is the, this is the knowledge I need to acquire. And, and this is how, this is how I'm going to do it. And I, I feel really, really good about um, what I'm investing in. Mm-hmm. And so that sounds like not only was that outdoors, things doing outdoors, you know, hiking, biking, uh, rock climbing, but also in what you do now, which is chiro- you know, being a chiropractor. Um, so what gravitated you towards, you know, that profession? I, I had a, a chiropractor live across the street from me. Oh, really? And, yep. Um, I went and saw him. I didn't know he lived across the street. And after that, he was, you know, he was uh, home at five, bare first kids, didn't work weekends. Um, it seemed like he was really, really happy uh, helping people. Uh, and it seemed like, you know, if I was going to be uh, an entrepreneur, that's, that's why I wanted to set myself up. So. So just the guy across the street, you just saw his lifestyle and said, that's, that looks healthy. And that's what I want to do. More or less. Yeah. <laughs> More or less. Yeah. It really planted a seed. It was really, it was quite impactful on me. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I was, Prior to meeting him, I was in an automobile accident with my brother. And so there, there was, we, you know, we both were kind of banged up and, and that put us back together. And he definitely kind of extended a little extra hand for mentoring and guiding into, into the profession. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it just was something that seemed to really, really grab me. Um, I've always been fascinated with the human body. I've always been fascinated with movement. I've always and yeah, just in that sense, trying to understand the uh, all the things that we do, all the all the meanings that we create, and um, I thought that was a good place to start. Uh, so before I, so I used to go to the University of Nebraska Omaha, um, and I was going to be a PE and health teacher, and some of the most fascinating classes I took were anatomy. Um, learning about the muscles, the bones, um, you know, the difference between a sprain and a, and a break, you know, I know those are the sprains, the muscle, the break is the bone, but um, sort of just learning about all those things and how it also pieces itself back together, you know, and all that I just found pretty fascinating. I know that's pretty surface level <laughs> compared to probably what you have gotten into, but um, that was very interesting. So um I enjoyed We're adaptable. Yeah. 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 Um, so when did, why, um, why chiropractor exactly, you know, you could have went in a bunch of different directions. 
to learn and help with movement and things, you know, um, athletic training, you know, to name one, but why exactly chiropractor besides that you had the neighbor that looked like he had a good lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, chiropractors are kind of a box of chocolates. You, there's, I think there's a lot of different philosophies and the way people practice. And, and for me, it was, um, about, uh, understanding, um, kind of exactly what you're saying, how, how can we be adaptable? How can we be resilient? How can we, um, grow? And, uh, the profession allows for, um, more of an entrepreneurial spirit than an athletic trainer or a physical therapist where, you know, most chiropractors, no, not all, but a lot are, you know, they have their own business. They're self-employed. They set their own hours. They wear the hat of the janitor. They wear the hat of the accountant. And, um, I, I liked, I really liked that. And I, I, I never really had a boss. I mean, I have, I've, I've had regular jobs, but always mm -hmm. ones with a fair amount of freedom like lifeguard or moving something. <laughs> and, but, and, and so, so I, I, I really like being able to have, have control over, um, over, over what I'm doing and, and, and not compromise on that. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I, I really wanted to set myself up. Um, the, the education out in, out in, um, Portland is really big on physical medicine rehabilitation. So a lot of rehab, um, and, uh, that knowledge of, of the, of the spine and being able to stabilize it or, or have strength in the core, um, control in the core was, was a, uh, yeah, a, a huge piece that I wanted to understand, especially being interested in athletics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you see a lot of athletic, um, you know, like athletes as patients uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wes, Wes and I are, we're in an L2 training Mecca. So um, the, the organization that we're affiliated with, or, or just, just in the last cycle alone, there are 239 Olympic or world medalists that train Flagstaff the last four years. Um, and so Wes and I would work pretty closely with, with the community in that uh, I, I coach uh, and over over the years of coach, I don't know, maybe over ten world and Olympic team members, and, and that's in strength and conditioning, core strengthening technique. So, so what I do, kind of, most of what I do is training, um, and and then the the treatment part um, or the sports medicine part certainly slots in. But um, yeah, I've seen seem to have found found my niche with. Um, building people up, giving them the tools and uh, yeah. And, and trying to make those uh, marginal gains. Hmm, okay. So you do more, sounds like you said sports training and you still do treatment, but that's maybe not the main focus. Is that what I'm hearing? Of your it's, a, it's a blend. Okay. Yeah. It's a blend. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a professional strength coach for new bounce Boston elite. And there's a local Hoka one, one group here. So that compromises about 30 elites. So that keeps me pretty busy. Um, and then I have some other ones that other athletes scattered around the country. Um, and then, yeah, my, my practice, it kind of goes in waves just because the, the athletic population that we serve is 
uh, kind of seasons and cycles. So like our beginning of the year is really busy because everyone's getting ready for indoor track. And then there's a little bit of a break and then everyone's getting ready for outdoor track. And after that, there's a pretty big break. So I kind of, and it kind of goes in waves with, mm-hmm. with, with what's needed by everyone and, and the cycles throughout the year. So how did you get into this aspect of your profession? Um, you know, it's like I said, more the training rather than the um, practice of the medicine and rehabilitation. How how do you find that avenue? Well, I think they're very similar. I, I think there's a continuum. Anything that gets you out of pain is going to improve performance. Mm-hmm. And, and therefore, it's kind of rehab to performance. And as long as the rehab and performance goals aren't confused, um, it looks very similar. So the... Um, yeah, there's just there's just a lot there's a lot of parallels that would increase his performance will decrease injury risk. So you're trying to find the optimal method to kind of do both for you. And I think or have found at the elite level, it, it kind of makes sense. Everyone is doing the same thing. And and it's not that fancy. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a very simple recipe and you just commit to it. So, um, yeah, I, we seem to have carved it out in, in that regard. And um yeah, so it it all kind of has similar roots, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, how often do you see your clients, or you know, um, yeah, sorry, how often do you see them? Uh, at least once a week, um, either in person or, or virtual. Um, some self regulate, and I'll meet with them less less frequently. Typically, the the, the more experienced athletes that working with for a while um i really try to get people to be autonomous my, my my goal is to give people the tools even as a chiropractor i typically don't like to quote unquote fix people i don't i i, I think uh the um guiding them is is much much more effective so so i'm my whole job is identifying correcting errors and, and the knowledge of that is is i'm just passing it off I like it. Excuse me. I like it. That's, that's pretty admirable that, you know, because as you give the tools to your clients, they don't come back to you, which means, you know, there's less clients for you. You know what I mean? Like from a business perspective, um, you know, you could be, you could see that, you know, where they're not coming back because they're getting better and they're learning to fix it on their own. But on the flip side, I'm sure they're telling people more and more people, hey, you should go see this Dr. AJ Gregg. He's great. You know? Yeah. The there's a um when people get better, the you're never really in short of clients. Mm-hmm. When um training is because injury stops progress. In, in elite sport. So, so when, when training the body improves performance, you, there's always something to do. There's always something to work on. So, so that builds in retention. And then the other thing about athletes is they love to go over the speed limit, typically, especially endurance athletes and hurt themselves. <laughs> so, so you you have your attention there. Um, but hopefully, hopefully you don't have to go there unless there are people that's how do we not need treatment and they're pretty experienced in season. So, but, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how it is. There's, I never looked at it like, like a numbers game to, to me, to me, it was just get people better and, and the, the reputation and your practice will grow. Mm-hmm. So how did you find yourself in Flagstaff? 
because you're out in Portland. Um, so how did you go from Portland to Flagstaff? Was there a stop in between? Um, I went to uh, Minneapolis for six months and uh, didn't quite resonate with me. I missed the mountains a lot. I was, I was like, gosh, I love it here, but I'm only going to be able to escape a few times a year and, mm-hmm. and have a family and, and be able to do that. So I felt like I wanted to um, uh, put down somewhere else. Uh, Flagstaff was a really good contrast to Portland because Portland, you don't see the sun for 90 days in the winter. <laughs> and you you wake up at five and it's raining and go home at five and it's raining. And it got to be a little bit of a grind. Flagstaff has 300 plus days of sun a year. Um, amazing outdoor community. Uh, it's a great launching point to a lot of other places in the Southwest. Um, it's an altitude training Mecca. And one of the things that makes it um, so special is you can drop down. So other, other altitude locations um you can't drop down but people can go down the mountain and get to lower sea level and train and come back up and sleep high and so the yeah it's just it, there's there's a lot of um really cool aspects about northern arizona that i liked we had vacations here when i was in college and it kind of just drew me back mm-hmm. so then do you golf a lot too Is there i hear there's good golf down in flagstaff <laughs> there is golf you should talk to wes about the golf he's <laughs> he's yeah, he hits that up quite a bit. Um, golf is something uh, that I've never committed myself to, and I'm scared to. <laughs> I think I've tried a few times. And, yeah, I'm definitely shied away. It's not. It's not my thing. How did you um, reconnect with I'm Wes? Not that coordinated. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, me either. Wes came up. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm not. I mean, I I I play baseball, so I just try to baseball swing it, you know, and that's not. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Because now you work with Wes. So how did, how did that whole partnership come about? Wes came up to Portland, Oregon after he finished school at Luther college. Um, And then I I moved to Flagstaff. He, he shortly thereafter graduated and we had lightly talked about having our own practice. He he had, I think was looking at some other areas with his, with his wife and um, I told him to come down for a visit. And I think in, in five days, we biked around the mountain, climbed a spire in Sedona, uh, went hiking through a canyon. Uh, some, it was just a great time. <laughs> we, we were able to adventure quite a bit. That's 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 always available. So it's, we call it kind of a staycation. You know, like it really suits uh, what we're interested in. And and um, yeah, it, I'm, I'm very, really grateful to, to that he came out here to join me. We, we definitely built something pretty special together. Yeah. Are you, um, are you guys pretty similar or, or opposite or a little bit of both? <laughs> I I would say a little bit of both trending on more opposite. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I would say, um, within work, we're, we're very, very similar in terms mm-hmm. of our philosophies and our practice, um, outside of work, <laughs> Uh, probably fairly the same. I just have some different interests. I could get outside. He's he's right now. Um, is has two kids. Really invested in that. It's kind of something that I've um, put off for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I'm looking into that too much. I wasn't prepared, prepared for that question. <laughs> We're mostly similar. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. When I just thought of you know you he just kind of followed you out there to um, 
you know, Portland and now he's down there with you. I didn't know if, uh, you know, he's a chiropractor, just like you, if just, you grew up with similar interests where you'd like those brothers that were, you know, really tight knit, or were you sort of like me and my brother, where we sort of had different interests, but now we've kind of come and found ourselves later on in life as, you know, best friends. I would I think the latter for sure. We've, we've uh, as has played out and um, support system for sure. Yeah. He's um, yeah. We've always been really close in that regard, been through some challenging times together and that really has, has created a bond. So I think in some sense, he's maybe even been a little self-conscious about that. Like, Oh, I'm just following my brother around, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I feel really, feel really grateful that we've been able to connect and, and have that bond. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I could see that too a little bit. Um, but also, you know, on the flip side, you know, if you want to look at it glass half full, it's just, it's a good fit and you guys work well together and, and it's almost like, why not, you know, at the same time. So yeah. we've been, yeah, we've been in business together for 10 years and no one's raised their voice. Yeah. No one's raised their voice. <laughs> we, we, we haven't really had an argument. It's really, it's great. He's pretty, he's very laid back. I'm very laid back. And we just figure out how to, how to work it out. We figure out how to either compromise, we figure out a solution and then we act. So it's, it's worked really well. Yeah. I also feel like if you're a chiropractor, you almost have to be a little more laid back, you know, because the body is so, uh, I don't even know what the word I'm going to look for is it's sensitive. Maybe, you know, especially in your profession, like one wrong move could be, detrimental you know you have to be calm cool collected and laid back and that's just what i might take away a little bit too so i think your personality suits your profession as well thanks thank you yeah you have to be you have to be still and observe mm-hmm. for sure yeah and so what's it like you know um you have a business here uh strong strides right um Kind of talk a little bit about that. Is that something you and Wes are in together or is that just you separately? That's me. That's me separately. That's an extension of my uh, coaching business, essentially, um, that I'm preparing to launch shortly. So we, we have a small present with, with, some, uh, with some offerings and then uh, planning on launching basically like a training system, a method. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you so have it'll be online, online course app online course app. so you said that's training yep yeah it's all it's all with uh it's core training core control and strength you have some good credentials on there some athletes i saw iron man world champion so you train you've trained an iron man world champion yes oh my gosh <laughs> um how uh the reason i i kind of bring that up is like how do you train athletes of different um sports you know obviously the way you're going to train a track athlete is going to be different than the way you train an iron man i i think that's an assumption so maybe i'm naive in that aspect but you know how do you sort of balance or figure out what each athlete needs yeah i've i've uh i've coached athletes from the 800 all the way to the marathon um making an olympic team or a world team and uh, there's a lot of similarities. Uh, a core is a core, and it needs to be in the right position and strong. And so that doesn't necessarily depend on um, 
the distance. Uh, the the muscle attributes based on the um, duration of the event certainly do change based on power through through endurance. Um, but ultimately, it's um, keeping people healthy while improving their performance. So so a lot of the um, adjustments and in the, the fine tuning for. Uh, their tissue and these people are just in some insane amount of training load every single week so the, the recovery is just as big um, and uh, different routines to be able to address that uh, kind of all put it put it together so to so to speak um, kind of independently of the discipline uh, in, into other domains um, i've worked with olympic medalist swimmer um, olympic medalist uh, tennis player same thing they're strong through their core. They stay solid through their core. They don't have leaks in their core. They, they transfer energy really, really efficiently. Um, and so there's no breakdown. The center of mass is always lone in the back. And that's that's where it needs to be for, for everyone in any sport. For everyone in any sport. You hear that? Everyone in any sport. Yeah. Interesting. You know, I think uh, um, it's been interesting to see the evolution of this you know since probably you were in school um i feel as if and correct me if i'm wrong there was a lot more um legs and like you wanted to lift weights all right but now i'm seeing a lot of different exercises of training to sort of test the um you know elastic bands are big now i don't know if you're a big elastic band supporter or not but you know um resistance training things of that nature that have really taken the world by storm i feel over the last decade or so when that wasn't the case back in the early 2000s or 90s yeah it certainly is a blend you can't have you can't well strength without control is kind of useless flexibility without control is kind of useless so so it all comes starts in the core and if the core position isn't there it's really hard to get into the hips and the main lifts um those type of movements if you if you can't stabilize in that area you can't create torque so so your your power is decreased um the strongest you know the the guys who win world titles they're, they're the strongest component that weight they just also have and have the best center of mass and they're very technically sound so yeah you can't i think you need them both i think that they're both essential requirements the the bands um i love bands most of the work i i do with people i can make people want to quit on a mat with just a few bands uh the 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 method i'll be unveiling out is 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 everything can be completed at home and then there's certainly be directions for for lifting in the gym but the the foundation of core work at elite level is just isometrics you don't have to make it overly complicated you have to hold a position and resist forces so that's that's what training is um, and they're incredibly difficult isometric exercises that will crumble an nfl linebacker um <laughs> that 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 um yeah, are kind of uh, in the basement but yeah um the the bands um in terms of are you talking about like the conditioning bands uh are yeah. you talking about like mini bands yeah I think, I think yeah there's, all, there's a lot of, you know, all of them you know yeah they, i mean i think they're they're great products i i see a lot of different methods versus versus uh, i mean those are really really big in eastern europe and in russia um to, to my knowledge. And the position that they hold themselves in is a little bit differently. So I think the return that they get is a little bit different than the return the way it's practiced over here. But but for the most part, it, it's it's really, really solid. Um, yeah. yeah. 
do, do you test these methods out, you know, a little bit before um, maybe recommending them or to, to your clients? Like, do you give them just a little bit of a go yourself to be like, okay, I like this. I don't like that. This is what it should feel like, you know, sort of um, an idea of that nature. Uh, yes and no. Yes. Yes. In the sense of I can, I can do most everything that I, that I have people do. Um, no, in the sense of just following the science and the position and the angles is really all you're setting someone up for. And if you can control those angles and positions and have the hardware to do so, then you can probably do some pretty cool stuff. If you don't have the hardware, then it's hard to do the skill development. So the, the, yeah, the initial movement preparation or ability to put yourself in positions is essential. Mm-hmm. And then uh, how do you stay up to date on things that are, you know, this is almost uh, a constantly evolving profession. Um, how do you stay up to date and knowledgeable about what's new, what might work, what might not work, you know, things of that nature? Yeah. Be, and being a coach, I have a coach, I have a mentor. And so right. they, they keep me honest. I re- reach out to them. They're someone who has more time to invest themselves um, in doing the research and reading it and reviewing it. Um, and there's certainly independent research and review. If I don't know something, I'd look it up. I, I figure out a way to figure it out. Uh, and if I don't, then I call up my, whoever it is to, to, to get the answer. So I have a really good network, uh, really good resources for, for, fig- yeah, for figuring things out kind of across the country. A lot of, a lot of connections working, uh, at the, yeah, at this level. So I feel, feel really grateful about that because there's so many extensions, so many people that just want to, yeah, help to help the community. And, um, and that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, um, I, I see, or I, I hear some pushback, um, from one, like people don't visit the chiropractor. I feel, uh, maybe they're afraid or, um, you know, nervous about going and seeing a chiropractor, what do you, what can you say to get them kind of through your door and give you guys a chance? I would say chiropractors are a box of chocolates and, 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 um, uh, my, my bias is, is that, um, passive care is not as effective as, as doing something getting information and uh, addressing your own tissue health. The only way to rejuvenate tissue is through adaptations, therefore, therefore applying resistance and load. And that, and that goes for a strained muscle. It goes for a ligament. It goes for a tendon. It goes for a bone. And the, I've never really, never really gravitated for this is, this is how I can fix you. Mm-hmm. To me, it's always been, how, how can I help you um, uh, create a path to um, resolution? So, so, but my, my practice philosophy is, is, is much, much different. I wouldn't go to, personally, I wouldn't go to a chiropractor that told me, I, I mean, I, there's so many contrasts with this, but, mm-hmm. um, but, I, but I like people who are active based. I don't think it's, I don't think there is much data support going in and just getting chiropractic for the majority of athletic injuries and back injuries included. Yeah, I think it is, it sounds like there's a, first off, who doesn't love chocolates? So of course, why not, you know, if, if, you know, going and seeing chiropractors, you know, think of it as a box of chocolates, everyone loves chocolate, but um, who, 
the philosophy that you have also, I think, plays a big role in who you see. If they like your philosophy, you know, as a chiropractor and the way you see it, I think um, people will come to you, you know. Um, I guess I'm thinking of it like a, a therapist. If you don't jive with their philosophy on therapy, you're probably not going to last very long and you're probably going to get turned off. But I guess what I'm saying is... 100%. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Trust is essential, for sure. And and we all have different predictions of what we want for care and, and how we get better. Um, and yeah, there's also the authenticity. This is what I'm going to do. And... If this isn't valuable to you, that's that's totally okay. There's someone else that will provide value to you, and, and just being really having in, uh, integrity to um, what I do, mm-hmm. and believing in that. Yeah. Do you um do you have TikTok or do you know what TikTok is? I've TikToked. You do? Okay, you have. Okay. I I have. There's this uh, doctor. There's this chiropractor in California. I think he's in. I think he's at the OC like in Orange County and he does, you know, he has a little microphone and so he'll like adjust their back or adjust their legs or hips and he'll put the microphone there and then he'll adjust them and he'll hear the cracks and things. And that's kind of his big thing. And so I don't know if that's something you do or if you've seen him, if you know, I don't, but I remember reading a study um, a few years back where, where researchers took a bunch of people and they took some chiropractors and they did put microphones on each segment of the spine. So mm-hmm. going all the way up through the lumbar, thoracic and, and cervical spine. Mm-hmm. And they had chiropractors adjust the person. And then they, they were, had to write down where the, you know, the crack was essentially the adjustment was. Mm-hmm. Um, then they had the patients also say, Hey, where did you feel the crack or what crack? And um, basically it was a coin flip. Chiropractors can't tell patients can't tell. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, what was I going to ask? So, I don't think that demi- that may not diminish a whole lot. I think it just mm-hmm. works for reasons we don't we don't or different reasons than we think it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, one thing you mentioned to me was that you you have facial pain. You know, you have almost constant facial pain. Um, what kind? What what was the story behind that? A little bit as comfortable as you're elaborating, you know? Yes. Um, 2013, I woke up one day and terrible facial pain and I haven't had a second from it since. So my, that also has fueled my, uh, own personal journey to, to resolve what's, what has, um, gone awry in, in the nerves in my face. And, um, also, served me and in, in helping other people um, in the sense that uh, oral facial pain is incredibly rare and incredibly hard to treat there's there's not a lot of resolution and at, and so the margin of error is is very very small and then at the elite level of sport the margin of error is really really small so so they parallel each other in, in some respect mm-hmm. um, with the precision that's needed to have a healthy body and so it just you just woke up one day and it it was there Yep. Yep. Really? And is any idea where it may have came from at all? Did you ever, I'm sure you've been asked this or you've thought about this, you know, break anything, you know, like I fractured my orbital bone um, in five places and um, I pinched a nerve 
So like for, I mean, it's still, the feeling in here is still funky. Um, it doesn't hurt, but uh, it was numb for longest time, you know? Mm-hmm. But so I, I feel for you that, you know, I got lucky. I don't have any facial pain. Um, so I just am wondering, you know, anything like that cause it that you can think of? No, I certainly have scratched my head a lot over this one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I had I saw the world or the world country's top neurologist. He's he's the one of the editor in chief of Big Headache uh, Journal, and he straightforward just told me we have no idea. We don't know why. And it's just that's that's that. We don't know why. So that'd be unfortunately sort of devastating, you know. Um, and you said that fuel that fuels your practice or, you know, your, uh, to this day a little bit, how have you sort of turned that into a positive, if you will? Well, I don't know if I would have invested so much time in, in continuing to learn, uh, rather than, um, what other pursuits I would be in, but yeah, my, my day to day is pain. So I'm, I'm incredibly motivated to, to gain knowledge, to, to reduce it. And it has been successful. It does certainly move the needle and, and have um, had some novel therapies and, um, and resolution to some of my breathing problem. I don't know. It just kind of goes back. The body kind of keeps score. So uh, yeah, the, I don't know that I've completely found meaning in it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, the, 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 the closest meaning that, that I can find is that, um, yeah, I, I have a, a lot of t- tools to, to help other people. And I, I hope that, um, yeah, my pain will resolve and, and that will continue to extend. How, how do you handle your own then facial pain? Uh, it can depend on the day or the week or the month. Uh, I've certainly gone through depressive episodes, um, anxiety, which I've had even including that, uh, not that great coping mechanisms and then empowerment, responsibility, attitude. Um, there, there's a lot of, seems to be a lot of teaching on each side. So pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. Have you brought that so into I, your practice as well? I don't, yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And just, and, and just, yeah. Being, being able to be open and talk about all the reasons why we might have pain, uh, I think is not, not everyone has that experience. I certainly have not had a typical experience. I think of, of what most people uh, encounter. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if, if I can, if I can pass off my perspective and give people um, a different, different window of opportunity or different, different direction or coordinate on the map, then yeah, then, then, then it may be worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, it's also um, when people get injured, when athletes get injured, I feel like that's when they're, they become really vulnerable you know, so I feel like you're seeing athletes when they're at one of their most vulnerable states, you know, when they're injured. Yes, uh, definitely been a very vulnerable experience. Um, it's it's hard to not have the energy to be able to work as much as you want, not have the 
the the motivation um, to get out and do the things that that you they used to do. Um, going to the movie theater and the lights and the noise just cause you more pain because of the migraine aspect. And, and so the, the restrictions there certainly um, required a lot of coping and required a lot of uh, resiliency to, to move through. And it was by no means a, a fast process. It's certainly a, a gradual one. And yeah, I just, I just hope that at the end of all help more people. Mm-hmm. Well, um, if you don't mind me asking, then what what are the positive coping mechanisms that you've encountered? Just in case anyone's listening and saying, you know what, let me try that. Uh, knowledge, learning would would be would be the first one. Finding information and empowerment out of that. Uh, after that, strong social support system. Get out. Don't withdraw. If you engage. In spite of how you feel, uh, healthy habits, the basics, water, are you drinking enough water? Are you getting sleep? Are you, are you eating well? Uh, yeah, things like that. It sounds so simple, but it's so true. Like when I think about my, you know, going through my depression and anxiety, there were times, you know, like month or two months at a time where all I would do was. I'd sleep, I'd wake up, I'd make a frozen pizza or something, and then I'd go back to sleep, you know, maybe go to the bathroom or whatever. And that would last for a couple of weeks or, you know, I wouldn't talk to anybody. My phone would be off. Um, and yeah, those simple things of knowledge, you know, sometimes you need to figure you need to do the research. No one's going to do it for you. No one's going to tell you whatever you want to hear. You need to do it yourself to, yeah, getting outside man, just talking to people and then yeah, healthy habits and showering, brushing your teeth, um, drinking water, eating healthy, those little things like that would make just, it's not going to make it go away, but it'll, it'll make it better. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You got to drag your feet through the mud. And then, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, um, but You'll you'll get them clean, you know. And you'll they'll be a little muddy, but you'll you'll get them clean sometime someday. Um, yeah. How how have you adopted? Or you can that? just remember the mud. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you know, um, the scars or whatever they you can look at them as a negative, or you can look at them as a positive. Like, you know, I survived that time of my life when I didn't think I was. Yeah. 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 I think that is, that is really, that is huge. It, having pain and, and, and coming from going through collegiate wrestling, um, you minimize it. You're like, oh, I'm not going to say I'm in pain. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep going. And that catches up with you or caught up with me. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not, not addressing it. And, and so the, I think, yeah, the, um, Really, 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 really to um, do what is necessary because yeah, you have to take care of yourself. So here's a question for you. How do you know when it's time to address the pain? Because when are you, you know, the, like when you said you're an athlete or you wrestled in college, you know, um, sometimes when you feel a little pain, hey, it may be just something little where you can get over. But how do you know the difference between that? 
of recovery is a, is a really good thing. Uh, uh, diff, diffuse pain, so is just typically muscular. So like when when pain is spread across the back, rather than one point right there, punctate pain, uh, th- that is uh, less less concerning. If it's like oh it hurts right there, that's like a blister, man. That thing is inflamed. That little spot does not like like it's pissed. But when it's kind of global and diffuse um, and recovers after a day or two, that's not injury. That's 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 you know muscle damage or or uh, novel experiences that, that are kind of putting it in. Um, but yeah, if it's really pointed, if you if you can't move without it hurting, um, like full range of motion, if it's interrupting your mechanics or how you move, then that's then that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And what what's the old saying? Is it ice now, heat later? Is that still accurate? It's not. I mean, it's not accurate. No, no. Most, I mean, a lot of the, the, the recommendations, not like you protect it, you rest it, you ice it, you, you may put compression on it, you may, you may elevate it. And, and now the ones say you should load it. So you should move it. You should get blood for it. You, know, you shouldn't avoid uh, letting the tissue just kind of be stagnant. Inflammation makes things boggy. So, so the, the best advice right now is, yeah, yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable, but some of this stuff's like a sunburn, right? So, you know, it's just kind of the whole area gets sensitive when, when you, when you irritate your skin. So that upregulation, basically the amplifier of, of the brain is trying to be protective and, and kind of knowing that uh, you can, you can better navigate how you, how you challenge your body and, and kind of decrease the threat of, okay, you know, I can load this. I'm going to, you know, it's, it's tissue. It's going to, it's going to repair and adapt. And, it, and even if it's strained, it's the best thing. Hmm. We're, we're really resilient. We need, we need to continue to challenge our body, even when it, even when it seems like it uh, is a little broken down. Mm-hmm. Dude, the human body is a very fascinating and amazing. Uh, I don't know what to call a uh, specimen. <laughs> You know how it you can, find it. yeah, how you can repair itself after you tore a muscle and or a tendon or whatever, even overextended it. Like it's just, it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty um, cool. Yes, yeah, it is cool. I can see why you're fascinated by it. Um, have you dealt with any sort of major injuries yourself? I have. I you typically tell my athletes I've had everything they've had. Um, I've, yeah, I've had plantar fasciitis. I've had Achilles issues. I have other foot problems. I've worn my LCL, my MCL, my ACL in my, in my right knee with wrestling. Uh, I think that was Evan Yeager. He, he might've done that. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, I was hanging on too much with my legs in. But uh, and then I, in football, I smashed a finger. So thanks. there's stuff I can't straighten in college. Another guy ripped that finger. Um, AC joint, disc herniation in the neck. Uh, yeah, it, I've banged myself up. Holy cow. Yeah, you have. <laughs> wow. It, is that sort of also maybe why you got into being a chiropractor is you've had all this experience and rehabilitation yourself that. You just sort of also got maybe fascinated by it. No, I really wasn't ex- 
exposed to that too much. And then I think again, earlier in my life, it was, it was, I just ignored it. If it hurt, it just kept, kept going. I'm, uh, and I don't feel like I'm not off relative to the people I was swimming with, <laughs> but that's, uh, that's what, that's what I did. And I felt that that was the, yeah, the, men, the mentality, kind of the no pain, no gain. And mm-hmm. now as I, as now, as I sit where I am, that, that is completely foolish to live by uh so that that should be amended um we, we know that doesn't work mm-hmm. yeah just um, like uh back in the day it was you don't need to drink water you know water's for sissies or whatever you know and now it's like okay yeah you need to drink plenty of water. how far will that take you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Geez, yeah. So you you just had almost you're you're right. You've had almost every injury in the book, it seems. And were all these wrestling injuries or were some of these from biking or hiking or climbing rocks and, and things like that? Uh, all all of them. Yeah. Uh running, biking, swimming, wrestling, climbing. Jeez. I've managed to hurt myself. <laughs> I was before, I knew, before I knew what I was doing, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so I, I, this already is kind of self-explanatory. What do you do for fun then? You know, I know we've kind of already talked about it, but nowadays, what are you doing for fun? I like to get outside and walk my dog, uh, quite aggressively. So that would be quite pretty <laughs> honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love to do cross country mountain biking, uh, rock climbing, and canyoneering. Uh, Northern Arizona's canyoneering. What's that? Canyoneering, yeah, yeah. So, canyoneering. You've, you've heard of the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the there's a whole bunch of side canyons that dump into the Grand Canyon, and then you start going up, um, all the way up to to Bryce Canyon. You, you have the greatest stratification of geological layers, and on the planet so inner 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 inside of all of that is all basically the sewer system of of the desert and so arizona is the second most biodiverse uh, state in the country one wouldn't expect it but no. dropping into these canyons it's yeah it's completely different you have ice cold water you're in a wetsuit you're having to you're having to repel so it's kind of like hiking with repelling with with some technical gear it's it's not overly complicated and yeah, it's it's a good time outside um and a lot of the areas around here are yeah just kind of meccas for that so i've wanted to explore the the yeah the, the area that way yeah sweet that sounds cool uh get really like nervous you know i i take it you're not afraid of heights <laughs> Oh no, I'm afraid. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just shut it out. Not always, but I mean, I've I've got I've got myself into some some challenge, sticky situations, but for the most part, it's it's pretty fun. And if you if you don't mind the heights, it it comes around pretty. I think it comes around pretty quick. But mm-hmm. um, no, that was that was never a big barrier to me. The 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 I guess maybe a little bit more if we call them adrenaline sports, or they just the stuff that keeps me incredibly focused in the moment has been really good for my pain. That's like a distraction. So if I, if I get outside and I can really engage, it's like work. That's also a great coping because I can just engage and, and, and just be super focused for a period of time. And and that really, really takes my mind off it. So I, so I try to stay fairly busy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think we, I think I said that to you. We were texting and I said, you're just, you just seem like you've, you're, you have a lot of different hats on or you're juggling a lot of different balls just to, you know, not only stay busy, but you also seem like you want to help and serve at the same time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a very creative person. And, and so I, I need like Wes, for instance, um, very consistent and reliable. Um, and, uh, I am yeah, in the sense of like, you know, his breakfast has been the same for 10 years, you know, something like that. Okay. Me, I, I won't eat the same breakfast twice in a week, you know, maybe once. Um, and, and so I, I like kind of being able to diversify, diversify where I put my attention, you know, kind of like pull big pictures from lots of different domains together. Um, and yeah, mostly I'm just the happiest doing that. Mm-hmm. So, so I like to, like, I don't know, my, my reading, I typically got like 20 books going at the same time. I never finish one of them. I just kind of <laughs> here and there and then I go there and I'm like, ah, that the, the more I read, the more I don't finish books. So that's just kind of how my mind works. And I, I roll with it. Wow. I was going to ask how you kind of, or how, how do you push yourself then? Cause it seems like you have this big, you have this big picture and you have a lot of this knowledge. Um, but yeah, how do you keep raising the bar for yourself? The bar is raised for myself because I'm in pain. That's a, that's a big motivator. And uh, alongside that is also perfectionism. Um, the desire to be, um, to be right in in a sense um, that that maybe maybe a little bit of uh, maybe I feel like I'm an imposter in this situation and if I don't keep up I'm going to be behind something and and at this level if you miss something then I don't like criticize myself so there's there's some um, healthy elements to 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 how I engage in that and and then some other things that um, may not be the best motivators. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> huh. Um well, as we wrap up here, what what do you do right now? What's the business that you have with with Wes right now? Yeah, it's called Hypo2. Hypo2. And so so that's a play on words, so H Y um O is um like hypoglycemic. So so low and then O2 is oxygen. And so that's mm-hmm. a play on altitude. So that's that's what hypo two is, and so it's a it coordinates altitude camps for um, sports teams coming into Flagstaff, facilities, um, resources, um, and then Wes and I provide the sports medicine services. We have sports psychologists, exercise physiologists. Wow, and what about um, yeah? What about is that also your chiropractor business too, or is this or is that separate as well? That is our chiropractic practice. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So hypo two, uh, hypo is high, and O two is oxygen, which is low, and it's a play on words, and that's where you came with that. Hypo hypo is low. Hypo is low. Okay. Hypo yeah, hypoglycemia. That's low blood sugar, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So hypo is low, and oxygen is high. Hypo two, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Who came up with that name? 
a guy named Sean Anthony that we, that we worked with. He, he had really he had come up with it. So that not actually something Wes and I formally came up with. We, we kind of started as like a group collaboration. So mm-hmm. he he was the one that initially had it. So you have that business, and then you're launching a new one, Strong Strides. Correct. Correct. And when is that going to be up and up and running? And that's just you, right? That's just you. Yeah, we don't have. There's no deadlines in that business. Uh, the I I, w- I would assume in, in the next in the next few months, if not by the end of the year, that's mm-hmm. that's the goal. Um, just want to make sure that it's. Um, yeah, that it's really quality and, and then be able to put it out there when it's ready. Yeah. And excuse me, how can it, how can people get a hold of you if, you know, if they want to look you up, you know, maybe get in touch with you, what is the best way for athletes or anybody who might be in the area or listening to reach out? Go to strongstrides.com and uh, click on contact us. Nice. You make it simple. Shoot us an email. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram. Oh, um, what about hypo two? Is it the same thing? Go to hypo two, contact us or hypo two.com. Yes. Yeah. Hypo two chiropractic.com. Uh, in our contact information's on there. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, AJ Gray, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. And don't forget, check out my website, Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast.my.canva.site. And as always, Be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care. See you next time.